You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Oddball. I'm Amino Hassan and live in New York City, it's Charlotte Wilder. I don't know why I said Vanessa Carlton in my head. Hold on. Let me do that one again. <laughs> Did you have I, that in your head? I, don't, I, I was going to say Vanessa Carlton I, and I have no idea You should have said it. You should have said it. Well, the problem was I couldn't even remember your name. I was like, no, her name's uh, not Vanessa Carlton. Her name well, is... Well, that is a slight problem. Yeah, my brain had to walk a thousand miles for that one. Right. <clears throat> I love her, so I'm flattered. Welcome to Oddball. I'm Amino Hassan, and in New York City, it's Charlotte Wilder. Say hello, Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. We're going to keep that one going. No headlines for you today. We're doing this one off the seat of our pants. A little bit later, though, we're going to complete our conversation with Ice Cube. Yesterday, he received the Ice Cube Impact Award, the inaugural Ice Cube Impact Award, at the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. We got a little bit more in-depth on the big three, the history and legacy of it, and what's to come. But, Charlotte, I want to transition smoothly, not quite into the headlines, but, like, let's do some big stories here. And the first big story I guess we got to start with is Joel Embiid, who is having a sensational season. He's arguably playing better this year than he was last year. Mm -hmm. And yet, because of the number of games he's missed and is projected to miss the rest of the season, there is a chance he might be the first casualty of the new NBA 65 game rule that says in order to be eligible for postseason awards and honors like MVP, like uh, rookie of the year, like defensive player of the year, six man of the year, and the all NBA, all defensive teams and all rookie teams, you have to have played at least 65 games and he's going to fall short. Charlotte, I believe you have some quotes for us from Joel Embiid about perhaps falling short. I sure do. I mean, Embiid said, I can't control if I get sick, if I get the flu or whatever. Can't control that. Can't control if my knee is going to swell up. It just happened. I was against New Orleans and Boston. I got the flu. Obviously, you can't go. A lot of guys on the team had it. Like I said, the goal is to be ready for the playoffs. So if I can't meet the criteria of 65 games and if I can't play against some of the best teams in the league, then... As long as I'm ready to be dominant, when it gets to that time in April, that's all I care about. Cut and dry. So, I, like, Charlotte, should he care? Well, that's what I, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, I don't 
I don't know. I mean, on some level, I think what he's saying is, is <laughs> I think what he's saying, what he's saying is I can't control it. And mm-hmm. if these are the rules that the league is going to put in place, that if you don't play 65 games, you can't be eligible, then I feel like he just has to go to a place in his brain where he's like, I, I can't care about it because the only thing really that matters is winning a championship in that case. Like that would be what all of this has been for. So it, it, it's almost as though he's just accepted the rule because it would be too much emotional energy to be upset about it. I think it's kind of garbage. The rule is garbage, he's saying. Yes. I'm not mad at it. Like, it's, it's weird. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Joel gets to speak from a place of privilege. Mm-hmm. Now, he's already won an MVP. So yep. a second MVP would be nice, but not quite as nice as a championship, and that's what he's kind of putting his eggs in that basket. But were he <laughs> to have not won MVP last year, would his stance on this be different? Probably, right? Probably. Maybe. I maybe guess not. maybe not. I, I don't know. I feel like 65 games, if he say he could he could be on track now to play 60. I feel like that difference, the five-game difference, I know you have to draw a line somewhere, but if Embiid continues to play even better than he did last year when he was putting up those numbers and he plays five fewer games, or I, I don't even know how many games he played last year, it, it just it, it just starts to feel like semantics or, or, or like putting in barriers right. in places just to have them there. Do you know what I mean? I do. By the way, Joel Embiid's rookie year, he played 30-some games. And yeah. some people are trying to argue, well, he's clearly the best rookie. I said, I know he's the best rookie, but he didn't play. And right. so I can't give him a grade for a test that he didn't take, even if I know yeah. he knows the material backward and forward. All right, moving on to Memphis last night, where the Golden State Warriors had a little bit of a reunion. Mm-hmm. He went away, but he's officially back. Draymond Green, ladies and gentlemen, played his first game as a Warrior since the long way to return for suspension. 16 games. He opted to uh, come off the bench, and they booed. They booed loudly. Yeah. And the Memphis Grizzlies, the home team, of course, ended up winning 116-107. to Yeah, this, this is a game that won three games all year long. Prior to to last night's game, do you so, think? Yeah. <laughs> do you think that this is like sort of makes up for it? It's like sure, you can lose a lot of games at home, but if you win against Draymond in his comeback from yeah. his suspension, that counts for like fifteen. Yeah, I would say it counts for fifteen. But from a hometown crowd perspective, it feels it feels good. It, it feels good if that was the game you got to watch. As a as a home crowd fan in Memphis, yes, I don't know if it counts for fifteen. Yeah, uh, okay, that's that was excessive. Sorry, <laughs> Draymond after the game said, "Quote until every guy takes pride in themselves and wants to stop the guy in front of him, we will suck, and we can't check and we can't guard." Hmm. Charlotte, this is a question I've seen a lot of people talking about. Maybe not on record. But definitely the conversations are being had. The Warriors are now 18 and 22, four games under 500. They're a game and a half behind the 10 spot Lakers. Mm-hmm. Is the Warriors season over? I mean, I. The, those sorts of questions, I'm always like, well, uh, no, they're still playing. They're still going to play some games. Right. Um, I, I think when you look at 
first of all, under the Lakers, which is a whole other. That's, that's another. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, probably. Do you think they have a chance? Do you think that they could crawl their way back to the play-in tournament? Yeah. Not only that, I think they might be the most dangerous play-in team there is out of oh. all the possibles mm -hmm. that, that look like could happen. I think they might be the most dangerous ones because they are championship medal team with a chip on their shoulder. I think this is the, the perfect low point because it's not like your Memphis where it's over. It's all the way over. Right. You still got a chance here. Like you're you're not that far off. You just got you need a don't get me wrong, you need a strong stretch of basketball ahead of you. Now I don't know if that's championship level, but I play in, yeah, absolutely. And playoffs more than likely. It would be one of the better sports stories in a while. It would be it would be such a wonderful narrative arc to start with Draymond all of that suspension, blah, blah, comes back. I mean, I also can't think of anything that fuels Draymond more than booze. I, I just think that's like basically taking yeah. a car to the gas station and filling it up. Like the fact that they kept doing it every time he came into the game, I was like, oh, you guys are just, you're going to, you're going to give him more strength than he's ever had. Yeah. It is funny. The idea that like Memphis is there, like what Draymond did, against Minnesota and against Phoenix it has nothing to do with the city of Memphis, but they're like, <laughs> it's on us to boo. It reminds me of when you talk to like the big three from Miami. Uh, I think Chris Bosch was the one that said this. He said, we knew we would get booed in Cleveland. We knew we get booed in Chicago. We knew we get booed in New York, but it's like when we showed up to Memphis and Utah, they were booing us. They're like, what the hell? You guys are never in the mix. Like they're just, are you they're, they're like the kid who, who just like wants to be invited to the party. And they're like, so we'll do, we'll do whatever it takes. Like New York, you need us to boo for you. We're on it. <laughs> you, you, and you know, you know who else is like that? Who? Charlotte, everybody in the arena, in the United Center. Uh, Friday night. I you were there, right? There. I was there. And uh, so if you don't know, if you've been living on the mm -hmm. rock since the weekend, basically Bulls versus Warriors. The Bulls had this whole Ring of Honor ceremony where they're inducting different members of years past. They inducted the entire 95, 96 team. And then Michael Jordan individually, Scottie Pippen individually, Dennis Rodman individually, Artis Gilmore, Bob Love, Jerry Sloan, the original owner of the Bulls, whose name escapes me, sorry, sir, and Jerry Krause, who is the GM, the architect of the Bulls of the 90s, right? Yeah. And so... Everyone gets these rousing roars and applauses and love and everything. And obviously, Michael got the loudest. And obviously, or maybe not, Phil Jackson got the second loudest. And then Jerry Krause's name was presented. And Jerry Krause is not here with us anymore. So this is a posthumous, uh, basically, honor. And in his stead, his widow was there to accept the, the honor. His widow is Thelma Krause. And so the... PA announcer, who's the the great Neil Funk, the retired basketball uh, announcer, he starts, he reads a little thing, ditty for every person and get the cheers. When he gets to Jerry Krause, he says he's the architect of the whatever, Jerry Krause. And it, in his place, you know, to accepting this award is Thelma Krause, his widow. But he never gets to Thelma Krause's name because as soon as they had Jerry Krause's name and picture on the video board, 
the arena starts booing. And I'm not going to say the entire arena. I was there. The people around me were not booing. But there was a lot of boos. As loud as it sounded on TV, it was loud. It was not like five loud people. It was a lot of people. And so I I interviewed Adam Amin, who is the the current play-by-play man on NBC Sports Chicago calling Bulls games with Stacey King. And I said, what was your reaction? And obviously, like everyone else in the Bulls organization, they were hurt. They were offended. They were embarrassed. Mm -hmm. But Adam presented a really interesting thing. He said there, there are people there who booed because they're just classless people booing Jerry Krause knowing he's not with us anymore, knowing that this is a night to be honoring people. They're just booing him, right? And then he said, there are other people, he said, I feel like this happens a lot of games where people are at a game and people start booing and they're like, boo, you don't even know what's happening. You're just going along with the boos. And I I, I kind of, I feel like that was going on as well in Chicago. They're just people going with the crowd as opposed to having a, a dog in the fight here. I think he's I think he's right. I'm also shout out Adam. He he's great at what he does. Um yes. I think that there when I heard about this, I was like, well, I had sort of a similar reaction. I was like, well, that's what sports fans do. Like someone should have told Thelma like, "Hey, there're probably going to be some people in this crowd. It is not personal." Also, I feel like after the last dance, they made Jerry Krause such a villain. It was Michael Jordan who was like, here's my story. And my story is that Jerry Krause was the bad guy. And so that's all that anybody had to watch in 2020. Everybody watched it. They go to the Bulls Ring of Honor. I am not sure that people boo like that if the last dance hadn't happened and happened the way that it had. They absolutely don't because it's so stupid where people are – he he tore it down. He also built it. Like I yeah. get it. He didn't draft Michael Jordan. He drafted and traded for everybody else. He traded for he traded Will Purdue for Hall of Famer Dennis Rodman. Straight up, no picks. I'm sorry, that guy was a a really good GM. And mm-hmm. yes, he messed up at the end, but no one's perfect. But Charlotte, I do want to ask you this because the reason why most of those people are booing was because of Last Dance, not because yeah. of poor memories of the '90s, right? So I wonder. Does Michael Jordan need to be more careful about how he expresses his opinions? Not because he's not permitted or allowed to have an opinion, but when he has an opinion about someone or something, it incites mania in sycophants and zealots, right? He can't just say, I don't like French toast, because if he says that, people will be picketing outside of IHOP and Denny's like, down with French toast, it's bad for you, as opposed to like, it's just my personal preference. I didn't like it, right? Just like, I didn't like Jerry Krause, but when he says it, it invigorates people with this fervor. They're like, oh, Jerry Krause, it's all you about. Like, so does Michael Jordan or anyone of that kind of stature, do they have a responsibility, Charlotte, mm-hmm. a moral responsibility to maybe not speak their mind at all times? Yes, I think there's a moral responsibility, but I think it's also on that person to decide how much they care about that. And I also think that the reason I think this is a lot bigger than sports. I think this is a a a countrywide cultural wide problem is that when people idolize somebody and that person says something, they take it as gospel. Eloquently said, as always, Charlotte, Ice Cube's next. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com All right, Charlotte, last week we got to talk to Ice Cube. He was going to get presented that Ice Cube Impact Award at the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. They gave it to him yesterday on MLK Day. Uh, Now we're going to continue our conversation with him about some other stuff. Cube, I've told you this story before on an interview. Uh, the The first big three game I ever went to was the first year, and I went to the one at Staples, and it was a lot of celebrities in the crowd, and the energy wasn't quite there. And I walked away and said, I don't know about this. Then I went back, and I went to the one in Dallas, and it blew me away how into it the crowd was, how the energy level, how generally appreciative people were to see these legends play again. And I was just wondering, when you guys were thinking about making this league, obviously you had those players in mind that were still active and healthy, but maybe not quite what they once were. But as far as the audience, who did you guys have in mind in terms of who was going to be the audience for the Big Three? All basketball fans who were you know, um, having a NBA finals hangover <laughs> and who were waiting for the NFL. I, I felt like, you know, there's millions of people out there who love basketball when the finals is over. They don't really have nothing to get into to the NFL season. So you got 10 weeks and we knew we were starting off as a nostalgia thing, but as we introduced the sport professional three on three, that we will get younger and faster and stronger and, you know, better players uh, as far as in, you know, uh, more close to their prime. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, we, we saw a long-term vision and we knew that the sport would grow and it was incredible. And it's always been there, you know, it's like the little cousin of five on five who's now getting shine. And, um, so we knew we was going to polish it off and make it great. And and we were going to get better. You know, in our first year, we were just learning the things we needed to do to uh, make this great. And, you know, now we're in our seventh year. You know, we've uh, fine-tuned a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's a great event. You know, we've put on over 300 big three games, you know, if you add them all together. So we're pretty uh, – you know, good at what we're doing and um, to the point that, you know, now we're in the Hall of Fame with it. So it's pretty cool. Do you have a favorite big three moment or I'm sure you have many, but is there one thing that that comes to mind is like, oh, my God, that was incredibly cool to witness? The year uh, that Nancy Lieberman won the championship, um, we hired her to and brought her in as a coach 
she asked me, you know, is this, uh, why are you doing this? Is this a publicity stunt? <clears throat> and I told her, no, I think she can win. Um, and to see her win it and, and hoist that trophy up, you know, I think it, it, um, to me was a great moment in sports, you know, proving a point that, uh, women head coaches can lead men to championships. Cube, last time I talked to you on the Levitard show, you had mentioned that you felt like the NBA as a whole doesn't support you guys and, and really kind of plays a little defense against you. You you singled out some people who are positive and helpful. I believe Mark Cuban was one of those names that you brought up. But you said the NBA itself kind of cold shoulder towards you. Has anything changed uh, since the last time we spoke about that? Let me rephrase that. You know, most of the NBA love us. You know, players, mm -hmm. coaches, GMs, scouts, uh, owners. You know, it's just really the top brass. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking, uh, you know, the, the suits. They see us as a threat. They don't understand um, how we even do what we do. And, you know, they... they uh, they don't really want to, you know, work with us uh, and actually been working against us to the point that the Department of Justice have stepped in. Hmm. So hopefully that'll stop all this behavior. You know, at this point, we don't need to work with them. You know, it would be nice, but we don't need it. But we definitely need them to stop working against us. And um, and hopefully that's happening and we can continue to grow this league that's helping so many people and making fans happy. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know, the fans want it. They need it. They deserve it. And that's why we're here. What's the biggest way they've been working against you guys? Just behind the scenes. You know, um, when you got a sports league, it, you, you're in the sponsor business, the broadcast mm -hmm. business. You want to partner up. And, you know, for anybody that's really working with the NBA, they can't work with us mm. because they don't want to make the NBA upset. So it's, you know, it's been challenging to have a league like this and sports media. You know, you you guys have given us a lot of love since day one. But, you know, if you look around, you know, the big three um, is not reported on like it should be. Mm -hmm. uh, and. You know, our numbers, our ratings, we're doing better than NHL. We're doing uh, better than MLS. Uh, you know, they have more games. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you look at the ratings, um, we're doing better than sports that's been around for, you know, decades. So we believe we should be respected and um, covered. Do you think that the, you know, this award honoring you and and by extension, the the big three, do you think that's sort of any, does it feel like an olive branch at all from the NBA or do, do you think that'll help make relations easier? Well, it's the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. So they honor all basketball, you know, it's not yeah. the NBA Hall of Fame. Mm. So right. they, they honor high school and college and, you know, basketball for from all over the world. So, you know, it's not necessarily an olive branch from the NBA, but it is yeah. credibility. You know, we, we've been fighting for that. And, you know, we've hired, you know, hall of fame coaches 
for credibility, you know, Dr. J and Iceman and Rick Berry and and uh, our commissioner, Clyde Drexler. Nancy uh, Lieberman, Hall of Famer, too. Nancy Lieberman, Lisa Leslie, you know, it's, and it's like they wouldn't be a part of this if it wasn't credible. And this is just another, you know, notch on our belt of credibility when when the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame uh, recognized what we're doing, honors us, and actually names an award after our impact. So it's uh, it's pretty incredible. Last question for me. Uh, what can fans expect from the Big Three this upcoming season? I mean, hard-nosed basketball, you know, definitely won't see, you know, ticky-tack. And, you know, some of the games, you know, guys are complaining. Um, you know, what's great about the game is mano y mano, one-on-one. You know, you got to man up. Uh, and if you don't have all skill sets, you will be exposed. Mm. If you can uh, dribble, pass, shoot, and defend, you will be exposed. There's no specialists in the big three, you know, so there's no three-point guys or rebound guys or defense guys. You know, you got to play. You got to know how to play or you're going to get embarrassed. So uh, that's what you're going to see this summer, you know, man up, D up. Uh, and dudes, you know, going for it. No garbage minutes. First to 50 win. It ain't no garbage minutes because there is no minutes. Yeah. You know, first to 50 win. So it's an all-out sprint. So guys play hard, and it's fun. But I, I lied. I have one more question. <laughs> Who's the greatest player in Big 3 history? Not what they had in their career before getting to Big 3. The greatest player in terms of their Big 3 resume and what they've done. Wow, man. Seven years now, you know, now we can have this conversation. I mean, you can look at James Flight White, you know, he a three-time champion. Mm -hmm. Three times, you know, you can't you can't beat that with a stick. You know, we only been around six years. So for him to win that thing three times, you know, with the same squad trilogy, um, he gotta be the best. But then, you know, you look at Joe Johnson, a, a three-time MVP, mm -hmm. and he won a ring. So you know, it's it's a couple of guys that's fighting for that spot, but you got to give it to Fly White because he he got the rings. There it is, Ice Cube. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate y'all, man. Thanks for having me. I feel like Draymond is a little bit of a Rolling Stone right now. Like he's gathering some steam. He was getting really into moss. it, and I feel like the league probably yeah he was gathering some moss. Not I feel moss. like the league probably felt like if we don't. Sorry, Rolling Stones don't get probably, moss. That's the saying, Charlotte. Uh, speak English before. Idioms. Ring a bell. Yo, didn't you take over. English as like a major or poetry or whatever? You're supposed to know these metaphors. Yeah, well, when you're just chiming in the peanut gallery every other second, I can't get a word in edgewise. I mean. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.